Welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, star seeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelylea.com or at thelovelylea on Instagram so we can connect. Karen is a master numerologist and a psychic reader who's been reading for over 30 years. In the 80s, Karen experienced a rare health situation that caused a type of amnesia that exhibited traits similar to early dementia. She developed a tick as a self-comforting measure where she counted everything, the people, the lights, the circles on the rug, whatever she could see. It calmed her and helped her feel like she still had one foot in the world of reality. When a misdiagnosis of her condition threatened her life, she was guided intuitively to make some dietary changes that led her back to her health. That spiritual awakening moved her through a time of self-discovery and led her to her first numerologist. A friend dragged her to the Colorado Psychic Institute where she very skeptically met with a man who would do her numbers. Armed with only his pencil and a sheet of paper, he asked her a few questions like her date of birth and the name on her birth certificate and did a few calculations. In minutes, he revealed her private thoughts, secret fears, hopes and dreams, and ultimately her career path. She shortly thereafter began her studies at the Institute and bought her first numerology books, and she's been studying ever since. With decades under her belt, for her, she describes reading the numbers of your birth, especially in combination with the name of your birth. It is like seeing, hearing, and feeling a song, a song that your soul tells with the inner keys, paths, and rule blocks on your journey. Numbers have awakened to her in a very deep way since her health incident, And since then, she's been able to use her psychic ability and expert knowledge of numerology to help people see deeper into themselves and the trajectory for their lives. Please welcome Karen to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. Thank you, Karen, for being on the show. It's my pleasure. We're so excited to have you um, to talk about numerology. Now, everybody who's listening, um, she just gave me a reading of my own numbers and I was completely blown away. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, versing in numerology, so I would love to first ask you, what is numerology, and then tell us your story about how you got into it. Oh, wow. All right, if you're ready for this. Um, well, what is numerology? There are, there are several different types of numerology. I practice a particular type of numerology, the Western numerology, the Pythagorean method, um, Pythagoras is known as the father of mathematics and you know he was a mathematician and a mystic and a philosopher and he um, created the formula the the, uh, the triangle the sacred triangle the magic triangle and in looking at the tones of uh, music and and numbers and how they told the story mm-hmm. and in doing this he developed what is what we currently call numerology. And that's just basically assigning a number of one through nine is the system I use to the letters of the alphabet and adding them together. It's all addition and reducing them to a single digit. And each of those numbers tell a story 
And when you look at the numbers behind the numbers, it, it tells you, to me, it's a song. It's like, it's like hearing the music of your spirit, who you are. Mm -hmm. Nice. How I got into numerology is a crazy wild story. You want me to tell you? You yes. want me to tell? I'd love to know. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I have been, um, I guess, a metaphysician my whole life. I remember coming into my body, walking um, around, you know, cemeteries with seeing spirits. Wait, you and, have to back you know, up. You remember coming into your body? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, trying to figure out how to make it work and what was that like? and, and seeing my mother looking at me over the crib and going, "Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful." You know, what's she doing in that body and just trying to figure out how to make my hands work and my arms work and my legs work. I spent a lot of time outside of my body and floating around. But um it was <laughs> it was very it was very interesting. I don't remember the uh I remember popping into my body and I remember mm. mom talking to me and thinking I should know what she's saying, but it sounded like garbledy goop. Uh, the mm -hmm. language didn't sound like what in my head, what I thought language should sound like. Yeah. And so I remember dialogues like that. Um, mom was very uh, intuitive herself. So there was a lot of, um, let's say inner dialogue that happened between my mother and I most of my life. So mm -hmm. it was interesting. Uh, so I was an odd little kid in uh, you know, wandering around the forests and playing with the Indian spirits. And, you know, I remember one time, gosh, um, calling, I, you know, this is in the days I'm an old fart. So, you know, <laughs> when I could walk up to a neighbor's house and knock on the door and say, um, I don't know where I'm at or how to get home and it's dark. Can I call my home and call dad to pick me up? Mm -hmm. Because I would just wander with the spirits and just follow the forest and follow the water and just listen. So, you know, fast forward to, you know, mid twenties started, um, getting married and, you know, moving around with husband, I got very, very sick and I started developing migraines that would have me black out or in bed five to six days a week and vertigo uh -huh. and a lot of health issues. And after a year and a half of tests, the doctors, you know, short version was, um, we think you have a brain tumor, get your house in order. And this of course wow. was back in the days before a lot of the equipment they have now mm -hmm. through that process. Um, I developed a dementia um, and I started what I call a tick, um, which a lot of dementia patients will have. Uh, they may say, help me, help me. Mine was counting and I counted out loud and it felt like my anchor to the world of reality of these numbers. You know, I knew if I could count how many people were in the room or how many squares or how many light switches or how many whatever mm -hmm. um, that I was still here, that I was still okay. Mm -hmm. As I moved through a misdiagnosis, because obviously I'm still here, mm -hmm. um, and started regaining some of my life back, I call those my lost years, I delved into studies again and went past studying at um, teaching myself, if you will, Hebrew and just looking into the Kabbalah and some other things that I was studying at the time. And I had, my best friend came over and she had had a reading at a, um, a place called the Colorado Psychic Institute, which mm -hmm. isn't there anymore, but um, run by an old mystic named Cora. She goes, you got to meet this guy named Arthur. You just got to come and meet this guy. And I crossed my arms. was very, you know, belligerent about, you know, you know, my guides talk to me all the time. I can go out of body. I'm yada, yada, yada. And yeah. I don't need some numerologist telling me, you know, who I am. But she dragged me there anyway. And I sat down in front of this strange looking guy with long greasy hair and a 
yellow tablet and pencil with cigarette sticking out of his mouth and didn't speak a word except told him my birthday and my name. Uh -huh. And when he finished, I felt vulnerable. I felt exposed um, because I didn't tell him what was going on in my marriage, let alone my health and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I walked away going, I'm going to learn how to do that <laughs> because the numbers talk to me. And so here I am. I, I started studying the next day and I consider myself a lifelong student of the uh, science of numerology is how I started out because to me it was mystical and yet there was the science, which I liked that quantum aspect to it. And um, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting because as numerology um, expresses itself, it is very math oriented, obviously because there are numbers, but the, the way that you have to add the letters together and things like that, um, there is what seems to be a very structural way that it works, um, which is kind of interesting considering this is a spiritual show. So people who are like, oh, this is woo woo. It's like, actually, there's a lot more to it than, <laughs> than you would think than just spirituality. Um, but I would love to ask you, kind of give us an, a synopsis one through nine. What do each of the numbers kind of mean? Okay. At their most simplistic level. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. oh, excuse me, um, each number has a personality. So, right. you know, what I tell people when they're sitting in front of me for a reading, I'm like, if they've never, they don't know what numerology is. It's like, have you ever had a, a tarot reading? Have you ever had ruins reading or astrology? Each mm -hmm. of those have a component that has a personality, you know, what's an Aries, what's a cancer, like you an know, thing. or the particular cards mean something, the symbology on them. But the reader is triggered by the symbology that starts bringing through the rest of the story as it's laid down and it builds the story. So each of the numbers, so we start with one and one is your go-getters. One is your idea people. It is the new beginnings, um, depending on where it's placed in your chart whether it's your personal year or how you see the world or your birth path or your first name, they each have a little bit different elements to them. But in a nutshell, it means new beginnings and idea person starting things. Um, think of like an Aries personality. Uh -huh. Two is about relationships. Two at its base level um, is really, really good at peacekeeping. They're the mediator. They're the, the power behind the throne, the voice behind the boss that says, I'll make you look good. I'll gather this information for you. They really like to be liked. Um, it's important that they're liked and respected and their voice is heard. The three is the creative communicator. And threes are, you know, they're the writers. They're the ones who know somebody who knows somebody that can make things happen. Um, they like things to be active and interesting. Um, the fours are what I call the salt of the earth. Fours are very, think of the four legs of a table. That's mm -hmm. what holds the table up. They are foundational. They are authentic. They are about uh, practicality. Um, the five is the, um, I told you earlier, have you seen the movie Up? And it's the yeah. little dog squirrel. Okay, the five is the, you know, the, the mind goes constantly there. They get bored very easily. I tell people that are fives, they should have the word freedom tattooed on their forehead because <laughs> they want freedom of thought. They want a lot of action and movement. They're the natural born salesperson. The six energy um, 
depending on where it is in the chart, uh, is about love and beauty and miracles. It's kind of the goddess energy, if you will. Um, it is um, liking to have things, beautiful things around you, uh, opulence surrounded by you know nice things, textures, smells, beauty. The seven is the number of the mystic. Um, that is the number that, mm, well, the mystic is the curious one. You're like, I, I really, that person's really interesting, but I'm, should I go forward or not? And the seven's putting out this little secret energy field that says, I'm not sure I want you in my energy field. You know, <laughs> sevens need a, a lot of time alone. We get The world gets too peopley sometimes mm -hmm. for a seven. A lot of times to download, they're very analytical and they go inside a lot and rethink their day. And the eights are very goal achieve, you know, about goal achievement. They're, you know, the, you know, the eights are, um, I call that the four dimensional entrepreneurial person who, you know, thinks outside the box and they can see beginning, end and middle simultaneously and just know how to move forward to, to make something happen. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the nine and nine is as a person, if it's a personal number, nine is the humanitarian. Mm -hmm. It is the accumulation of all the other numbers, the number of wisdom, the number of the light keeper, uh, the secret keeper that others come to talk to. Now, if it's used in a different manner, like a personal year, then it's about endings and closure. So, you know, that kind of closes up the loop. And then they, you know, then we get into the master numbers, the 11s, the 22s, 33s. Old school numerology taught it only went up to 33. I, however, study and believe in a practice that master numbers go all the way up to 99 mm. and um, incorporate that into what I do in my readings. Cool. So it kind of it sparked a question in me. Um, does this, as far as the personalities of the numbers, correspond with the Enneagram? Well, you know, that's an interesting question because, yes, it does correspond. And I have a really good friend who actually teaches it at a university here. And she and I are talking about a collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, I have taken the Enneagram years ago and actually have a – I'm signed up for her class this weekend, online class, because she can't mm -hmm. get in person right now this time yeah. you're in, um, so that um, I can reaffirm and refresh my mind on – um, not just the base numbers. I know the base numbers of the Enneagram, but the cross reference, like which one triggers, which one to yeah. see where it does correlate. So she and I are looking at collaborating on um, either a workshop or book down the road on the, um, the significance of the Enneagram with the numerology. That would be so interesting. I'm already thinking of a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so cool. So, okay. So you said that the numbers, they each have a personality. And I know that when you took my numbers, you took my birthday and my name. And so which, um, I guess like which number corresponds with each part of the person's personality or the part of their life? Um, is their birthday number total different than their name number? How does that work? Oh, it's all about adding and reducing and then looking. I look at the numbers behind the numbers and looking at looking for the master numbers. So the birth path, since it never can change, is obviously the most critical, most important number. And it's think of it as um, hmm, it's kind of like the bubble you move through the world in, you know, knowing knowing that you came in with these gifts. It is like the gifts. It is like your 
uh, your body's uh, instruction manual, if you will, mm -hmm. on how you're going to move through this world. And the name added and reduced to single digits is how, what am I building? What yeah. am I to build in this lifetime? Okay. What, you know, my personal belief, I do believe in reincarnation. Um, I've had many past lives before that I remember, but I believe before we come into this incarnation, you know, we're sitting around with our soul family, if you will, mm -hmm. our extended soul family. And each lifetime we build upon that soul's growth. Mm -hmm. And in before we incarnate in this lifetime, we, you know, we're asked by our soul family, you know, Aaliyah, this time when you come back, what do you want to accomplish for your soul's growth? And based on what you speak, your soul family will surround you with love and say, I love you, I bless you, and I will show up for you as your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your lover, your tormentor to help you with that soul's growth. And then, mm. boom, the, the sound is broken and the cry of the baby who initiates the song of your spirit comes in and there you are and you start this rhythm your song that you build throughout your life with your numbers. Interesting. I love that. That's the concept. It's really, really beautiful. Um, and I believe in reincarnation too. We talk a lot about it on the show. Um, as far as like, we, uh, I just talked to a tarot person and they talk about the archetypes of the cards and then an astrologer and the archetypes of the Zodiac and how all of those kind of integrate and come together in order to build this pathway for us in order to learn these lessons in each, in our soul's evolution. Um, for those of us who are beginners though, <laughs> how does one add their birthday together or add their name together? If you can give an example, you can use my name or my birthday. Okay. Um, so people can, um, if they want to do it at home, they can figure out what their number is. So the easiest way is you write your month, you know, yours is seven. So zero seven. Okay. You mm -hmm. add it to the, you can either add straight across. I personally add, I look at the month, yours is seven. I look at your days, yours is 18. One plus eight is nine. Mm -hmm. I write that down. So seven plus nine. Then I add the year together and reduce it. Yours, all the numbers in yours, one nine. Um, I won't give your year, but one nine <laughs> and your year all added together and reduced. And when I say reduced, that means, you know, whatever year, two, like 2020, is two plus zero plus two plus zero. That's two plus two, basically, which is four. four. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you add those straight across. You add them together and looking for, you know, the 11s, the 22s. Yours is seven plus nine plus four, which is 38. And then I add the eight and the three, and that's 11. And I stop there because that's a master number. Mm -hmm. And so your birth path is a very powerful birth path. It is a master yes. number 11. <laughs> So if we can uh, talk about what master numbers are, um, she gave me a reading before we got on the show, and um, I think it was very, very palpable. So first I want to look, talk about num uh, master numbers and then get into how um, each number years like that you're in, number years. Okay. But like, let's do master numbers first. Well, we'll start with the 11, which is your birth path, and it's predominant in your chart, Aaliyah, we talked about it not only being your birth path, but, you know, Aaliyah Lovely is 11-2. So you've got this double powerful 11-2 energy. And the 11 is the visionary. 
you know, it's the universalist. It's the one that looks, you know, it's the one, the power of the one, which is that new beginnings, the idea of person, the one and the one, so this strength, but added to get together and softened by relationships, which is the two. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're looking at relationships globally. I tell the 11s, it's like, you know, when you hear something's happening, you know, at the wall in Mexico or in Venezuela or, the, you know, hurricanes and yeah. Italy, mm-hmm. whatever, it's like a gut punch to your body because yeah. relationships to you aren't just the person in front of you. So mm-hmm. it's this global perspective and this visionary healer and at 11s, we didn't get into that, but 11s have this are also the healers mm-hmm. at the base level. Cause we can't always walk in our master level energy. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just are practical and real and we're the two and <laughs> excuse me. And in the two energy, you're about supporting other people, making sure people are happy. It's the, let's think of the scales of the Libra. It's about balance, looking for balance in a relationship. It's about feeling more complete when there are relationships around you that you can trust. Mm-hmm. And when I say relationships, it doesn't have to be a significant other. Um, right. It just means that it has to be a close, trusted friend or someone that is a confidant that has your back, mm-hmm. that can um, support you and, and listen to you. So, you know, it's relationships at lots of different levels. Yeah. When I look at that 11, how it affects, because you have one coming up after your next birthday, as a personal year mm-hmm. and you know, personal years kind of go in cycles or rhythms also similar to astrological where the planets move and there's things yeah. that shift in the heavens, yes. same with numerology, things shift and you're stepping into uh, an 11 year. So Aliyah has got these powerful, you know, birth path of 11 and a destiny 11. And now we're walking into an 11 year and she's got <laughs> triple power that, you know, will bring uh, a need to balance not only um, all that power of wanting to work with people at this huge grand scale, but self-doubt, um, need for decisions, need for the freedom to make her own ideas and implement her ideas. It's like, get out of the way. I've got all this power coming through here to be Hurricane Aaliyah. So throttling back and balancing that and paying attention to how much power you're walking in in that particular year so you yourself can bring yourself back into balance mm. so you guys watch out for my show next next year <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be everywhere i'm putting it into the universe right now that's um, right so oh. how so how does um and we won't go into all of the master numbers but how does uh 22 and 33 compare Ah, those are very good questions. So the the 22, again, looking at the twos being about relationships and then you, the two plus two is four. So four is the mat, you know, master builder, the practicality. It's, um, it's about mm, how to move through the world with, uh, they call it power or power, power, crazy or powerful kind of learning (laughs) that kind of balance, you know, um, 22s are a little bit eccentric. Um, part of the challenge for a 22, a master 22, is learning to develop patience, mm-hmm. especially as it relates to other individuals. Um, they have, wow, they have unlimited skills. The the 22s can, you know, can find people and connect people together. Mm-hmm. They have a strong sense of right or wrong. Um 
getting things moving. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the 33 and the 33 is the Christ vibration is what they call it. 33 Ooh. is about <clears throat> a life of being in service. Mm -hmm. um, at the base level, the six surrounding yourself with beauty. It is important with somebody that has a master level number, especially a 33, six that if their life is unhappy, I guess I'll put it that way. If your life is miserable, you need to ask yourself, am I living up to my numbers? If you have a number that says my life is about being in service, what are you doing to be in service? Are you working a, you know, a big fancy high paying job to where it's all about the money and, you know, the, the fame and self glory, or are you using that extra money to help the homeless or to help whatever animals, animal shelters, you know, what support your local businesses during this time, mm -hmm. you know, when we're in an economic kind of, you know, reevaluation, what are mm -hmm. you doing to give back? So when we're in a place where we're really sad or feel like life isn't working for us, yeah. um, when I'm counseling people, I look at, I look at their base numbers, but I also look at where are they in their personal year to see, are they, are they, are they in a job that's making them miserable because they're living below their skill level? Mm -hmm. um, are they, you know, are they not giving back? Are they taking on too much because their numbers say, I'm here to listen to you, but they don't know how to filter that out. So we look at those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So for people who are, are coming to you as clients, um, in the similar way that people can observe the Zodiac as, or astrology as a means to, uh, look deeper into their archetypes and personalities. Um, numerology seems to speak more to a uh, life path. Is that correct? Yeah, it, that is correct. And actually they all, a numerolo for me, a numerology chart is like a Rubik's cube. And when I do a full chart for someone, I don't plug numbers in a computer and let it spit out the paper. I do it from hand. I, I have 40 books of resources, 40 plus books. And I, type it all in from scratch and I look at the person's chart and I pull in destiny cards and I pull in astrology because mm -hmm. everything is numbers, you know, mm -hmm. on astral astrological level, it's how many degrees of this planet are you and the times and, you know, from a destiny card standpoint, think of tarot. I use playing cards, destiny cards have numbers and symbols that they all tie together. So for me, a full chart for someone numerologically is your Rubik's cube. Mm. And how you move through it is kind of up to you. Mm -hmm. um, have you, have you seen the, do you know what the gene keys are? You and I talked about that a little bit okay. and um, no, I have not studied that. I've studied the keys to Enoch and the light letters and light tones, but not. I think um, they might be related in some kind of way, but like, well, I'll have to do it. We'll have to do an episode about that later, but um, I, I recently did it and um, maybe like a year ago and um, look through the nodes or whatever. It's a massive book, <laughs> um, but talks about that kind of life plan and the orientation of the gifts that you have and where, where they're meant to go. So this reminds me of that. Um, not the same, but um, so let's, let's shift into like a more global perspective. Um, okay. Does the earth have its own numerology and what <laughs> year are we in now? Maybe you can talk about the, 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 the numbers of each year that we've had in the last like decade and how they correspond with the personality of each number. Well, they go through cycles of nine. Um, going back a decade may be a little challenging, but I'll tell you where we are currently. 
-hmm. And I usually do a little blurb each year about what our personal year is. You know, I call it your universal year. Mm -hmm. So think of it as like the umbrella that even though you have your personal numbers, the universal year is going to affect you. And we are walking through right now, we are in a four year, mm -hmm. which four is about work, nose to the grindstone, paying attention to the details, making a list, getting things in order, practicality. Now you look at the current month we're in with what's going on in our world in mm -hmm. March. So you add three plus four, seven. We're in a time of seclusion guess what? Mm -hmm. We're in our homes. Mm -hmm. We're having to reflect and look at what's going on in the world. Things are, um, things are evolving and rebirthing and changing. Mm -hmm. And you look at next month, which is April. A lot of people are like, should I make plans next month or not? Well, that'll be an eight month and it's about goal setting, but it's still not the time yet. Mm -hmm. The following month, May is going to be a month um, you add again, five plus the four year nine. It's a month of endings closure things mm -hmm. will start coming to a head i think with you know the virus for example that will start seeing things wrapping up and space opening back up and then new beginnings in june i see us opening up in june to possibilities of being out of our house and mm -hmm. back to business uh, as usual but not really because now we've spent all this time thinking and reprocessing so yeah the numbers you know, the numbers show up for me in every single thing we do. Mm -hmm. So in that identity, um, perhaps, cause I remember someone, I was talking to someone, I think it was my friend, Dustin, who, um, was talking about when we were in a one year, um, and how, or sorry, a nine years, the, the year of endings. And then in the one year, the new, new beginnings, but how the one in the two years are actually really, really challenging to move forward. Um, and we, I don't remember, let's see, what year would have been a one year? Um, if we're in a four year, then it was like, what was it, 2016? No, 17? Well, four years ago, so. Yeah. Brain fart. 2017 would have been a one year. But, you know, <clears throat> that's the overview, the one year. Uh -huh. So it, you have to look at it. How, what it, how is it in relationship to your own personal year? And for you, for example, you know, you're in a one year right now, you add the overlay of the four, which is the universal year, which means there's a lot of change happening. Your five energy is what's loudest for you personally. So um, it's a lot of change, a lot of change in your life, a lot of movement, travel, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, what I do when I'm doing readings, I, I hand somebody, I, I tell people I'm giving you homework. And on the back of the sheet, it has 2020 all the way down to the year 2000 going backwards. Mm -hmm. And what I encourage people to do is each year, you know, write those years down on a, just a tablet, piece of paper, 20 and go down to, you know, 20, 2019, 2018, 2017, all the way down to 2000. And especially, you know, individuals that are <clears throat> had some seasons on them you know, that are in, you know, your millennials plus it really benefit from this because mm -hmm. you can look back and go, you know, I want you to write, I tell them, write down your happy times, write down your sad times. Mm -hmm. What changed? Was there some, you know, a new birth, a new relationship, graduating from college, you know, went to Mexico, this grandma died, things like that, write them down. And when you're jotting those notes in each of those years, you have to ask yourself, did this happen before my birthday? Or after. Mm -hmm. 
if it happened before your birthday of, you know, something for sure happened in 2017, you said, at, wait, <clears throat> 2017, if it happened before your birthday, you're still operating on the energy of your previous birthday, 2016, because uh, okay. you haven't had your birthday yet. If yeah. it happened after your birthday, then you're absolutely in that year energy. Mm -hmm. But what it helps you do is get a look back on what your one year looks like. Your one year may be difficult and challenging. Someone else's one year may be always a great new beginning, a new business starting, exciting and happy. So mm -hmm. it kind of helps you build your own journal, defining what the energy of those years are. And what I like about that, I call it the train. It's like once you define it for yourself and you see, ooh, my next year is going to be a two, what does that look like? Okay, the train is coming. The train comes on your birthday. Mm -hmm. You can ride the train because you like that two. You know what that two is. You know, you've got a handle on it. You mm -hmm. can get off the tracks and say, I'm just going to close my eyes and ignore it and see what happens. Or you can stand there and let it smack the crud out of you, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, you ignore those numbers, but it is coming. Yeah. Yeah. So this in, in a way gives you a pathway to look at what, what's headed or where you're headed. It's, it's more of a, it can be a bit more trajectory based. Correct. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> you know, cause there's not many things that as far as tools go, um, that facilitate as much of a, I would say a concrete trajectory as much. Um, I'm new to numerology, but already like, she, you guys, she read me like up and down very quickly. And I was like, shit, that sounds, yep. That sounds about right. That is that year. Okay. That, Oh, yep. Like it just kind of hit, <laughs> hit a little bit differently. Um, so I would ask the question since both of us are, um, spiritual and intuitive and, and, and live in this world. You're someone who's studied metaphysics and has been in this world for, for most of your life. Um, how can numerology help people who aren't spiritual? Well, then they can go to the quantum science aspect of it. You know, thoughts held in mind create a kind, you know, in quantum physics, we look at, you know, even a thought of something changes it. The mm -hmm. numbers, knowing the math of the numbers is a possibility or a probability that the energy is going to surround that particular thing. And, you know, I, you know, go into the very scientific mode with those that are more of the non-spiritual or non-religious. I myself am very spiritual, but I also have a, I call it, I'm a bilateral thinker. Mm -hmm. I also am very scientific and analytical and go into the quantum field aspect to look at how it all works together. Mm -hmm. I don't see how you can have, for me, you know, it, the question's always been, how can you have, you can't have one without the other. Science doesn't mm -hmm. live outside of the world of spirituality and vice versa. They are intertwined. And to me, it's all because of the math or the numbers, mm -hmm. the tone. Yeah, I agree with that because I think that I'm also a very logical scientific thinker and intellectual things are what make me excited, things that have hard facts. Um, but I'm also a very spiritual person and, and a medium, which is kind of funny because I was like, of course you pick the person who wouldn't believe in this shit unless it was happening to her. Um, but I think that, that it's interesting because in this case, it's, it's like merging the two. Now for you, when you do your readings, I know you're a medium as well, but it's not something that you, um, professionally practice. Is that right? Correct. And so for you, when you're doing the numerology, is there things that are popping into your head? 
via your mediumship or via your intuition as well? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I got to tell you about the first time that it happened because it even surprised me because I try <laughs> to keep that part of me zipped up when I'm doing numerology and, you know, cause you know, you know, you know how it is as a medium. Once yeah. you know you, they can, you can, somebody can hear them. It's like, Hey guys over here. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, you know, when you're at a psychic fear working, there's all this energy working around as an empath and clairsentient, I have to kind of keep zipped up and keep very close tabs on the person sitting in front of me. <laughs> but uh, the first time it happened to me, I had a lady sitting in front of me who, um, you know, she didn't tell me a lot about herself. She just wanted me to do the reading. And um, I think she had MS. She was in a wheelchair, very mm -hmm. intelligent woman. And I kept picking up that she was a writer or an author. And all of a sudden, Grandma comes in. <laughs> and mm -hmm. Grandma's like, you are good. You have to get the next book done. And I just looked at her and I said, Grandma says you got to get the next book done. And she just started bawling. And we mm -hmm. just, so we had a whole dialogue about it. And you know, I think that was the first time at a fair that that, that popped in but yeah sometimes sometimes they do I you know it kind of depends on when I let my filters down but I, I um, when I'm doing someone's chart if if their reading says that it's safe in the environment I'm in I can expand out and open that up and yeah I, I, I let people through <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so for, for you, I mean, like, I know that this interview wasn't intended to go into mediumship, but now you've piqued my interest. <laughs> so for you, like, how, how does it work? Like, obviously, like in the numerology aspect of it, there's a lot of studying. There's a lot of like trajectory. There's kind of this map that you're figuring out of the structure of how it works and where these things line up. But for you and mediumship, especially with your other clients, if that does come through, how does it work for you? Because I know that every other medium that I have talked to, the way that they receive information can be quite different. Um, but I want to hear like, especially since you have more years on me and like, what does that look like for you? How do you hone it in? How do you boundary it? How do you call it in? Oh boy, those are some good questions. I practice and teach and, you know, I haven't taught for a while. I had classes at my home for years. Um, my husband's also very psychic and, you know, we, we've had houses in the past that had, had so many spirits upstairs, downstairs, all mm -hmm. over the house. And we'd, we'd tell people when they came in, okay. You know, if you hear noises upstairs, that's just da 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 da. And he's, you know, just tell him to get out of your room if he annoys you. You know, we just, yeah. um, I don't know. It's just because it's always been a part of my life. I'm very comfortable. I practice and teach. I call it zipping up, mm -hmm. um, because I got to a place in my life to where it was interfering. The amount of times I was either taken out of body or I was my life was kind of derailed because of my involvement with all of the, um, the spirits coming through and me being in a place where I felt I needed to listen. So I wasn't able to pay attention to my day to day life. Mm -hmm. I didn't have balance back in my twenties and thirties with that. Mm -hmm. So I really put that at arm's length and now it's more of a, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's just kind of my everyday life. It's like mm -hmm. I walk in and the house I'm in right now um, does not have spirits, which was very, I felt like a fish out of water when I came in because I'm really downsized and I moved to a rental. And I'm like, Richard, there's no spirit energy here. <laughs> so, you know, it felt like, oh. but I can still get that now when I go certain places and certain aspects, it, it comes through. I'm clear audience. So I hear it. Um, sometimes I hear it. Sometimes it's just walking in and feeling it. And I'll look at my husband. I go, ah, 
or sometimes we just see it's like did you see the did you see the Mayan Indian that just walked across our living room or you know the you know the little old lady with the you know pink robe and the curlers or the shadow man um you know it, it comes in in various ways for me mhm is there a reason why you decided not to do it professionally <sighs> yeah i think for me it was that that left brain science side of me that kept saying there's something else for you that's anchoring you numerology anchored me more mm -hmm. um i didn't have the luxury i was a single mom raising two kids to um stay in a place where i needed to where i could stay balanced when that was happening if that makes yeah. any sense i mean it was very disconcerting to me to you know when i was first figuring all this stuff out and things were happening to go to work and torment myself on do I tell them they need to, do I tell them he's going to kill himself or do I just wow. let things happen you know and then suffering the consequences you know of you know the what the children are going through because what if I would have said something kinds of things yes. of the spirits coming through and saying warnings or things that are happening and so just taking that on was a lot and I just chose for me it was you know the the spirits that were coming to me were whew, you know, dark and heavy and sad. And it wasn't just take this message, you know, to this person. It was, um, I got a lot of foreboding and forewarning and wasn't in a marriage that even believed in God, let alone spirituality or any of the metaphysical practices that I had. So it was, it was difficult. It was difficult. So yeah, I'm blessed to be in a marriage now that, you know, does uh, embrace that. And we both, you know, we just, we keep our shields up, but expanded. I'm not opposed to um, working with, and I, you know, open it myself up with different readings to say, walk through me, talk through me. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just not something that, um, yeah, it's just, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. That makes any sense. A lot, oh, of wound, a lot of wounds from those times that would, I don't know that they're healed. So I'm not sure I want to go back that way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I really started to have a lot of mediumship stuff when I was a kid and then shut down maybe when I was like 10 because I had this really scary experience. And then when I was 16, it started to show up again, shut it down. Um, then when I got married, showed up again, stuff in our house, moving around, things flying off the counter, yeah. um, you know, things like that doors opening, shutting. Um, and my ex at the time was very skeptical about a lot of that stuff. And so for me, it was really hard to tap into what did I want to get out of that area of my life, um, not being in a house that was very supportive of it. And so then moving into like once once we all split up and I moved into my own space, I felt them like clear as day. They're loud and they're tromping around. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is very interesting. And I took a very curious perspective, but I realized very quickly that um, mediumship for me also was something that it was like, yeah, I'm not cool with people hanging over my bed. And I ended up changing my diet completely. I don't eat meat or dairy and I'm working on fish um, because of the vibrational tone that it does yeah. to your body and how, and what the earthbound spirits are attracted to. Um, 
so in that way, kind of trying to clear my, my org field, if you will, of them being able to, to tap into my frequency. So, um, I stopped for a little while. I toured, toyed with like, okay, maybe we'll try and, um, see if I can read some people. And I've gotten really good readings that have come out of it, but then at the same time, it's super draining. There's a lot of sad information that's involved. Um, there are super, super talented people who I think can do that, uh, as, as mediums. Um, but I prefer to work more in the channeling space and right. let that information come through more as, as a guide, not like, let me help you connect to your dead person. If that makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, still seeing the energies and things like that. So, um, I wanted to ask you back to numerology. Uh, what are your numbers? <laughs> Ooh, that's a <laughs> shame on you. No, uh, okay. Uh, well, my birth path, I'm I'm a twenty eight ten one. So you know what that means is you know I'm you know the out of the box thinker. I like ideas. I like things you know my way. Entrepreneurial spirit. My destiny number is all master numbers. My first, middle, and last. So my birth number was a forty four eight. Mm-hmm. Eight and ones together. Let me tell you, boy, I was the dragon lady back in the, my younger <laughs> years in business. I was the woman breaking through the glass ceiling. And by golly, those men were going to listen to me, right? <laughs> because I had all these ideas and I was entrepreneurial and, you know, ended up um, owning my own business, you know, leaving the traditional corporate world and, and you know, just moving in a different direction. But yeah, I have uh, my first name's a 22, my middle name's a you know, 11, my last birth name was 11. So just some uh, heavy duty numbers. And then a married name was a 55. So I had the double ones of, yeah, I've got all these ideas. And the thing about someone with all those ideas is you want someone to hand them off to after a while, you got the ball. Great. You got the ball. Cause I got a new idea. I'm going to go work. <laughs> so it doesn't mean we want to necessarily stick around to finish it. We just want to start these ideas and hand them off. Yeah. So what does that look like for people who are married and they, or the people who change their names, you described um, your initial number or name number as the table and go ahead and explain that. Yeah. I call it the overlay or, you know, your, your birth natal chart is, I call it the table. It, it, It doesn't go away. Just like your astrological chart doesn't go away. When you change your name or use a nickname or a different name, that's what I call the tablecloth or the overlay. Your table's still there, but it kind of decorates it up a little bit and gives you, sometimes it softens some of your birth numbers and sometimes it enhances them. Sometimes it makes them off the scale into a danger zone. Um, So we do when we're doing, when I'm doing readings and I'm looking at people's charts and look at all of the names. I look at your name on your birth certificate, even if it just said baby girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at, you know, your full name at birth. I look at your adopted name. Then I look at your married name. All of those have life lessons that come with them. Um, and same with those marriages. When I'm doing like a compatibility chart, you know, I'm married to a two. It's perfect to have a one and a two together. My husband's a great sounding board and, you know, support of everything I do he's also one of those people as a two who's very very strong so a a strong one energy needs someone that is it's okay to be vulnerable in his space does that make sense it's strong people need a safe place to be vulnerable without feeling like they're you know judged and so the one two combination is for me was really really good so would you like 
because now you're a numerologist, you would meet somebody that you wanted to date. And would you be like, what's your full name? <laughs> Honestly? Well, here, I'll tell you a little story, a different story. I, before I had my own business, um, I did human resources for 18 years and I used numerology in not only in, you know, hiring people, but managing them. Like when I had to counsel or coach a department head who was having trouble with an employee, first thing I do is I pull that employee file out, look at their numbers and see what are they going through right you know, mm -hmm. I may not have their full birth name because maybe they were married, but I do have their birth date and I can look at their personal year and I can look at the relationship with their boss and see why are they not, are they not speaking to each other's listening? Because one may be in a year where there's a lot of family drama going on and the other may be in a year of endings, you know, I, they, they're just, there's a lot of reasons. And again, the numbers talk to me about it. So I use that as a tool in my human resources I used it as a tool in my own business. I owned a home care, home health company, and also worked in healthcare for 20 years. I retired hospice, lots of different things, but I use it as a kind of a tool to help me look at what's going on with individuals to see where's the best place that they would fit. But this person who wants to be behind the scenes, um, that's not the one to put out there in marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. So what's the, like the best, like if there was a, you know, a girl coming to you or something, a guy comes to you or whatever, what's the best compatibility for each number? Oh, that's too long for your show. <laughs> I've got a whole, I actually do a whole workshop and have a whole handout sheet for all my studies of, you know, it, what numbers get compatible with in business, what numbers are compatible, you know, individually. So that's kind of, that's probably too let's just, long. Let's just do mine. We'll just do mine. Huh? We'll just do mine. Okay, let me look at you. <laughs> All right, so twos. Um, okay, I told you I'm in a two-one relationship, and it's very, very good. Part of the challenges in a two-one relationship, so you being a two if you were in a relationship with one, is twos are supportive of a one um, and their ideas, but you want your own ideas heard and ones often don't listen very well. It's like, I got my idea. I'm off running mm -hmm. and you're back there going, but I, I know if you did it this way, it'd be a little bit better, but I'm not listening. So it's learning to listen to each other. Um, <clears throat> a two with a three. Um, those are fun, creative. Uh, those work well together. Two, four. I'm trying to think of where a challenge for you would be a two, seven. Um, twos are too needy for the seven energy. And that's why I told you in your own numbers, you've got some conflicting numbers. That's another yeah. conflicting number. Twos kind of are more needy, um, of people's opinions and approval where a seven's like, you know, if, you know, if they're at the office and they're around the water cooler or whatever in the kitchen, getting a cup of coffee and somebody's going, you know, Oh, my kid and my husband and this is going on and wine, wine, no. wine. A seven's going to go, Oh, I forgot something on the desk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and off they go. So both two, of those. <laughs> two's not going to feel heard by a seven. So it's those kinds of dynamics I look for. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, cause I, I'm both of those, right? I'm a two and a seven. And <clears throat> you are on your, on your natal chart, on your birth chart. So that's why I said, you've got this need for other people's approval and people to listen to you, but yet you kind of want your own space. You want people around, but not inside your circle. <laughs> I'm sorry. This just sounds too perfect to be someone who's a podcaster, like listen to my ideas, but nobody's in my space. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Right. You figured out a way to work it. <laughs> that is hilarious. 
Um, so what is, what is the greatest benefit for your clients um, upon getting a reading with you? I think validation is the word I hear most often. Mm -hmm. People leave my, you know, booth when they come to me for readings and they say, wow, I feel so seen, mm -hmm. so validated that I was born and came in with these abilities and I'm not crazy. This really is a part of who I am as I'm moving through the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you find that you have an equal spread of females and males or is it slanted more in one direction? I do have more females um, than males, but the males I have have been very powerful. I mean, I had one man that was at my table way longer than I usually do readings, you know, because he, I heard him and saw him. And then we went into, I've got this business and I'm trying to think of the right month. If I want to sell it or not. And what's the right month to sell this business because I have these other ideas I want to do. And so we really sat there and analyzed that and looked. So the men, a lot of times will go more left brain and I can go there with, them. I can go to the analytical aspect with a male females go more to the feeling side and that's all fine. It's not every female, but traditionally I am more looking at the, um, how, how a female feels moving through these numbers and how that impacts her and how to, stand in that power mm -hmm. and for a male they're usually looking at uh, practicality money security foundation building blocks um, make it real make it practical mm -hmm. and so I look at the numbers in that aspect do you see that there's like um, some commonalities within generations as far as their numbers and the way that they pop up not in generations, but I will say, you know, when I'm working like the psychic fairs, each psychic fair has a personality mm -hmm. and I just start laughing. I, I sometimes I keep slash marks on how many, you know, some fairs may bring all the mystics to me <laughs> and some fairs may, you know, how often I'll have, you know, like rare numbers, like, you know, um, double 11s or somebody that has two, you know, more than two master numbers in their name. I'll have about five of them in a row. Mm -hmm. So I think each, you know, it depends on the energy of the day because each day has a number energy, what the cycle is. And they, for some reason, I guess my radio wave, I call it your radio wave. <laughs> somebody, you know, like it, if, if I, if I have another person that's in the room with me, that's a 2810, which is my station, if you will, my radio station in my brain frequency that I put out. I can almost, I can hear their thoughts so clearly. It's like, um, they'll walk by my table. I'm going, you might as well just sit down here. <laughs> we'll just start a conversation. So it's like we're on the same frequency and whatever frequency I'm putting out that day, I guess is what I've drawn in. Yeah. So once someone has their chart done, like, do they need to do it again? Like, is this something you want to do yearly? Does something change within the numbers or they need updates with? Obviously the year changes. Good question. Um, I have a lot of follow-up uh, clients. So what I do is once I do their their base chart, which is everything, you know, it's their, their date of birth, it's their soul number, their personality number, their destiny number, their life lessons, their personal year, uh, their day of birth. You know, there's just a lot included in that. I also include when I give some, when I do a, a full chart for someone, I also give them 12 month predictive 
uh, numerologically uh, month to month and then uh, the destiny cards which is 52 day cycles based on the planets and the energy going on and what they can look at from the chart date to the next 12 months and then um, I do annual updates for my clients that have full charts mm -hmm. that's that's interesting because I haven't yet heard or we haven't real yet interviewed someone who can talk to the predictive nature of it or maybe we, you, you wouldn't even call it predictive but trajectory nature of um, what's following and what what is in the path um, you spoke to me earlier and said that my next year is going to be the year that what did you say <laughs> <laughs> what did you say right. um, well you, you've got you're a triple threat after your next birthday because your birth path is an 11 2 um, your Aaliyah lovely is an 11 2 okay so your destiny name and then you're going into after this next birthday an 11 2 year so you, it's like triple threat so it's like you have all this power but also the double it's a double-sided coin so you have all this huge power but it amplifies your need for relationships and your need for patience and cooperation mm -hmm. um, so you know your need for ideas and decisions and moving through the world won't get out of my way so it's amplified because it's uh, the 11, 11, 11 times three, which is, whew, watch <laughs> out world. <laughs> is it after this birthday or after next year's birthday? After your birthday of 2020. Boom. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So you're almost there, you know, I mean, you're, you are, you know, your peak was in January of your uh, 2019 birthday. Cause it goes in, I, I call it, you know, birthing or like trimesters or quarters you know you three months from your date of birth um, is the whisper and then it's six months from your date of birth for you it's in January around mid-January it peaks and it's like hello you know this is the year you're in have you written you're in a one year so Leah's in a one year have you written down your ideas are you implementing them what else do you want to start what do you want hanging around for the next nine years and then it'll start slowing down with the ideas around April and you'll start action and movement and then getting ready for your two year relationships. Mm -hmm. There it goes. So we have proof that I will be in a relationship next year. <laughs> <laughs> I love my relationship. You know, honestly, you will probably identify someone you want to be in a relationship between now and your birthday. It's usually kind of starts the, the ideas and the energy starts usually towards the end of the one year. And then, you know, two years, a good year to be stepping into a relationship. Interesting. Just don't do it in a nine year. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did that when I met my ex-husband. So. Yeah. That's a hard one. This is so cool. So like, um, if someone were to want a session from you, um, where can they find you? Um, well, um, I have an email, phone number, what's best to give? Um, actually, I can just link if you have whatever you're, you know what, that's what we'll do. Um, anybody listening, if you would like to get in contact with Karen Goodson uh, for a reading, then I will link her information below. Um, thank you so much, Karen, for being on the show. I'm so fascinated by this and I love that we got like a little crash course of what numerology is and how it works for you. Um, you're the first person I've actually talked to about it. And I think that it, like, I'm, it's now I want, now I want a proper reading. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, let's kind of go through this because for me, I, I am, I like to be the experimenter for other people who are interested in some of these newer things. 
And, um, and I, I was really impressed with what you told me today. So. Oh, well, thank you. You're amazing. And thank you for, you know, just getting the shit out there. Yes, let's get the spiritual <laughs> shit out there. I'm so That's excited. right. I mean, because it's, you know, it's not scary. It's, you know, everybody's, you know, we're all trying to figure this out and sharing resources is, you know, that's, that's awesome that you're doing that. And I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity to be here today. Super, super fun. Super, super fun. Um, so, okay. I will link all of Karen's information at the bottom for you listeners. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.